0: A road trip to Southern California gives us the not first, not second, but third edition of CarCast. Once again, Kevin Mendelson will join me. I'm Tim Kelly, and this is Courts and Fields. Coming to you live from oh criminy oh no don't know where we're going oh geez i almost just took out kevin me guess kevin mendelson and i are on the road we are trying to get out of lebec california and it appears that i've taken a wrong turn i was supposed to take that turn kevin so let's just flip a U-A here this is CarCast this is courts and fields and Kevin is scared for his life right now. Kevin,
1: how are you feeling? Well, we are we are off to a great start. I'm really glad I just hit the bathroom. Otherwise, we would have had to make a second stop. Uh yeah, no, we're 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 doing great. We are recording this
0: later than usual because we are behind on our uh on our road trip. We uh got to spend a lovely day. Kevin's birthday. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Uh, spending a lovely day in Medford, Oregon, all day yesterday.
1: Uh, you know, the the sun was out, so I could I could say that that was something nice about Medford. You know, you always want to say something nice about everything that you that you do, or or something. And that's my something nice about Medford is the sun was out. And they have an In and Out.
0: They have an In and Out. We may or may not have gone there because we were planning on going to In and Out. Uh, Like I said, may or may not have gone there, but we're in California now. We are like 70 miles from
1: Los Angeles, I believe. Yeah, we're going to, we're taking the, uh, Tim's taking the podcast national is what's happening here. He's he's got meetings with very important people, uh, so that way they can start giving him all the ad money. Not,
0: well, I wish that were true, but sadly not true at all, but we are on our way to Wrestlemania weekend. That one too. That's really the main reason
1: we're down here, but... No one can see it, I pointed to the sign. You pointed to the Wrestlemania sign. There's probably one out here somewhere, there's signs. I'll just point at all the signs and one of them by default will be a Wrestlemania sign. Now I gotta be honest with you, Kevin,
0: I hate to break it to you. I don't think many of the Courts and Fields listeners care about wrestling, which is why we don't really talk wrestling ever if at all on the podcast so
1: that's fair you gotta have a diverse uh diverse set of interests in in life and i i completely understand and uh and back that for everybody
0: if things go according to plan tonight we will be at micromania i believe it's called (laughs) uh a bunch of i i I guess dwarfs uh wrestling with little 50 cent taking on little ja rule in the main event (laughs)
1: This is a real sentence that's being said in the year 2023. I love every minute of this. This is great.
0: We'll also be attending a... Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Um, Uh, Featuring actual brunch. Featuring actual brunch. uh, Ashley brunch. Actual brunch. I can't even uh, speak right now. On Sunday, we will be going to a Jewish temple for Mitzvah Mania,
1: which getting it all you guys we yeah are, we are seeing everything there is of this weekend so as we said but that's enough wrestling talk for courts and
0: fields we will now shift the sports uh last show i had college basketball aficionado college athletics aficionado trojan usc trojan alum cody peterson on, discussing the brackets and as per usual like I picked every 12th seed to win, yep. none of them won. <laughs>
1: uh, so lost out on that bet. That's like the only I think the only bet in this entire tournament that didn't cash. Like you had you had a 16 seed win, you had a 15, you had a 14, all the lower seeds in some form or another won except the 12s. The most common upset in the NCAA tournament. I mean, I guess you could say the 10s over 7s because by seed it is considered an upset. Or 9 over 8. Yeah, I mean... But yes. I think by 1, it's not really an upset. It's all just the same thing at that point. Um, but a 7-10, you could probably say is a is a quote-unquote upset. But even then, it's like the 28th
0: team against the 40th team. That's not really...
1: Right. Yeah. It's, it's just a, a different, smaller, fancy number in front of them. But of all of those... And 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 no five twelves hit. It's just it was the weirdest thing in a tournament that got progressively weirder as the days went on. Like day one, you have you know Arizona lost day one, right? Or were they at day two? I I forget this guy at this point. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I think Arizona was day one because yes. you had Purdue losing the very next day. That's true, yes. Uh, yeah. I mean really it all started with Virginia continuing their trend of being the most unreliable college basketball team in the history of ever, uh, you know, wins a national championship three tournaments ago, and have proceeded to then get bounced as a uh, by a double-digit seed each of the last three trips. Throwing a ball to Lord only knows where, chucking it into the, the backcourt, picked off by... by, uh, by uh, a paladin! A paladin! Now, and this is not your Dungeons & Dragons show. This is this is an actual college basketball game, but picked off fires a three. The video that they showed later that that uh, the NCAA put up of Kevin Harlan doing the uh, uh, the play by play for it, absolutely fantastic. But that's where you can kind of tell, oh, it's going to be one of these kinds of tournaments where something just completely bizarre happens. And ever since then, it's just been like, okay, how can this tournament get more strange? Well, oh, let's have a let's have a 15 seed beat. Like, just about everybody's favorite. Arizona is a, is a became a huge favorite for yep. people. Uh, let's have let's have a 15 seed knock them off for the first round. Awesome. Uh, what could go next? Well, no one really expects Purdue to go far. Let's just get them out in the first round instead of wasting everyone's time with them in a boring second round game. Great. Sounds like a plan. Let's do that. And from there, it's just, it, it's, it's, I have, no one understands this tournament. Well, uh, can I ask you this? Uh, I'm going
0: to. I don't even know why I'm asking. Yeah, no, please. please do. Yes, yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, all the chaos, somehow uh, a lot of people's favorite Yukon has survived, made it to the final four along with two teams from Miami area, yep. the University of yep. and Florida Atlantic the Owls who didn't have a basketball program thirty years. Miami, who gave up on basketball uh, at one point, are right back in it. And then San Diego State—either San Diego State or Florida Atlantic—is playing for a national title, as they should, as they should. I mean, and, yeah, they, and, they, as, someone as, has to. As predicted, <laughs> it just is a a weird tournament. But the question is, and I'm, I'm being like a former Seattle radio host who's Spend 30 seconds to a minute dragging out a question before asking the question. So my apologies. I like it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, the real question is, do you agree with people who say this is going to be a badly rated tournament because there's only, I mean, UConn's a blue blood, right? There's only one blue blood in the field. when last year you had the whole Final Four was
1: it, it's been funny to to see the argument for UConn as a blue blood kind of explode here in the in the last week. Like, you and I were talking about this, uh, you know, in our in our mini hour excursion, <laughs> that the UConn's won what five five national titles? Four. Six, four. four. Oh yeah, they're on their way to possibly. Well, yeah. They have four in the last in the last twenty years. Twenty five. Twenty five. See I don't even know numbers right now. This yeah, is, that's this fine. is where we're at. I mean five, technically 24. Tw- technically twenty four. Yeah. So yeah, ninety nine. So we're we're four and four in around twenty-five. And and they're not mentioned in the same category as, as the Kansases, so the, the Kentuckys, the Dukes, the Carolinas, uh UCLA, etc. And is that I, I wonder if that's just because UConn is either UConn either goes in and wins the tournament as a as an unexpected 2014 team that that just runs the table and Kevin Walker is just destroying everybody. Yeah. Or they go in and they flop out first or second round. Like they are basically the other than Virginia. Yeah. UConn is the ultimate all or nothing team in the last 25 years of this tournament. Well, yeah, yeah. There is there is
0: that. I, I think. I think the biggest thing, right, why Yukon Calhoun showed up in what? I think it was eighty five, eighty six. So really, you look at the other blue bloods, if you will, they all had uh, I mean North Carolina Duke had lots of success and you know, uh well Dean Smith made North Carolina but yeah. but I mean he'd been there Since the 50s, 60s, right? Whatever whatever it was. Uh, Duke had had some success, but Shisevsky really took him to that next level. Kansas is the birthplace of basketball. UCLA, John Wood. Uh, Villanova won one in the uh, 80s with Massimino, and then they. But no one checked their cred, you know, when Wright ripped the the two last decade, uh, Cody's favorite word is... Natty. Yes. Uh, also, just received a text that he also hates the phrase claps back. So, Jay Wright clapped back and got two <laughs> Natty's to put themselves. Maybe that wasn't as organic. Maybe I'll try and find
1: a more organic way to put it in. Uh, so, well, I think you could look at, you know, to go back to your, the, the yeah. first question you asked. Uh, I don't remember, but go co- on. College basketball fans could very easily clap back at these oh, oh, industry yes. insiders going, hey, this is going to be a terribly rated uh, Final Four why? Like, I get it. We, you know, as, as fans, we, we root for the underdogs, uh, especially in the early rounds. And, and we go, okay, let's, let's see the chaos that these, these Florida Atlantics can throw up there. Let's see the, the George Mason's, the VCU's. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I just kind of had a bad memory there. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, let's see what kind of havoc these guys can do. See, no the, pun intended. Shaka
0: Smart's defense. Havoc. That's right. So you're, you're you good. You're on brand. Go on. Uh, Sorry.
1: But then you know you get you get closer. You get your elite aims. You go, okay, let's these are cute stories. Now let's see the big, you know, the big established schools. Let's see them crush, you know, crush everyone's dreams and, and we'll get another, another Final Four with Michigan State. You know, Izzo has to have one every four or five years or else something seems off. Um, or, or else the Big the Big Ten disappears as a yeah. conference. I, well, I, I think that's happening even with Izzo, you know, having, Izzo's a sore loser anyways and, and I, we can talk about that later if we want. But, you know, what is I don't I don't see the the issue here with you know Miami big media market you're going to have uh, assumingly uh, you know like you said two schools from that from that same area that's two that's two games worth of the city of Miami being tuned into that game that's going to help drive your ratings San Diego not a big you know not a big market but it's, but not small either no. And and you know, depending on I, I don't know what time the Padres play that day, but you know they'll be they'll be watching. San Diego State in the last five years has had some great seasons. I mean, I think they were they were like 30 and two or something in, in, in 2020 when COVID shut everything down. They they'd gone on the road. They'd won an Allen Fieldhouse and beaten Kansas. Uh, that was a a fantastic team that they had. So this is kind of the natural progression for them. UConn, you've got you know the whole Northeast market essentially because everything up there, all those states are so small, they're all going to be tuning in in some form or another. Apparently, nobody wants to watch the Red Sox this year, so you know what else is on TV right now? <laughs> they on? didn't really want to watch them last year either. This is true. They don't even want to go to the games. So it's like, what else is on? Hey, the Huskies are on. Let's watch. Go dogs! <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Right. right. So, dogs in the house. Dogs in the house. Sorry. So I could see the argument that, yes, you're, you may not see, you know, the, the, the big numbers. But nowadays, what really pulls in the giant numbers, like the Super Bowl is always hovering around 100, 110 million. Uh, but even that's down from, you know, 15, 20 years ago before social media really exploded. So, yeah, it doesn't. I, you know, you're going to draw new fans in one way or the other because had have college basketball hardcores that are going to watch these games... And and they're going to love San Diego or San Diego State throwing the defense at everybody. Yep. Like Florida Atlantic plays a plays a, a fun style. San Diego State will lock you down defensively. And honestly, I I think everyone kind of assumed as we saw the bracket shaking out, even going into the uh, the Sunday games. Like the winner of the Texas UConn game was was probably going to be your national champion because those are the more established schools now with Miami coming in and flipping the script UConn's won what every game by I think 15 plus and just absolutely boat raced Gonzaga and you know who knows maybe maybe UConn comes out and does the same thing to, to Miami and just goes hey you know we're coming in here we're going to win every game 15 plus points and that could make it boring for the nightcap everyone's going to switch over to Peacock and watch, uh, watch the second uh, or the first night of Wrestlemania but you know what? There's nothing bad about new blood in this in this
0: sport. Well, and it's also we were kind of discussing too, with the NIL, players are gonna go places. But uh, that's that, that's profound. Right? Uh,
1: <laughs> you need a quarterback to win football games. Yeah, but players, yeah, players are will gonna go places. Go, players
0: will go places. But uh the, the thing is, the advantage comes to somebody like Florida Atlantic who has a lot of returning players, or a San Diego State that adds one or two players, you know, it almost kind of hurts the Blue Bloods, the Kentuckys or the North Carolinas, who bring in, like, five, you know, three transfers and two or three freshmen that they're all relying upon. Yes. Jeez, Kevin, I, the English language hard for me right now, <laughs> but... It is interesting. I think we're gonna see more of it. Obviously, the the traditional powers still have the advantage, money, facilities. Just their name in general. Name in general.
1: Talent at some point wins out. Yeah, and, and you know, you look at Miami, they brought in Nigel Pack. Was like I think his first team All Big Twelve last year for Kansas State really was lighting things up in the Big Twelve and saw the writing on the on the on the wall and went you know this might be a down year for this team boy what a dummy that guy was uh, also saw that he was probably losing losing his starting spot and figured he'd go somewhere that he has a little bit more of a chance but then they say he got like four hundred grand to come to uh to come yeah. to Miami. And now who's in the final four? I can give you a hint, it's not the guys wearing purple, and I applaud that on multiple. Whoa, times. whoa, whoa, the Huskies didn't even qualify for the
0: <laughs> They haven't like only once in like the past decade-plus. Never mind, go on. This yeah, is about
1: the yeah. Uh And, you know, Miami gets back-to-back lead age. They they were up on, you know, it's a, it's a different story. They were up on Kansas at halftime last year, got blown out of the bar in the second half. I think they only scored like 15 points the entire second half and then lost by 26. They were down at halftime to Texas this year. They, they, put it on the shoulders of a guy that that's beaten Texas, that's played in the Big Twelve, that knows that area and, and come back and beat a team that uh, you know, even even before the chaos began happening and, and all the one seeds got knocked out, people were looking to Texas as a fine first. So, you know, you get that one guy with with NIL. You can you know, you can look at him and go, Hey, you're not getting the minutes or you're a senior transfer and you're out of eligibility at your school. Come on over, and that's and you know, grant transfer a yes. whole different ballgame and issue, whatever. But you can get someone that's a freshman sophomore, maybe frustrated with their minutes or their playing time, and and give them that opportunity without losing eligibility, because that was always the thing before NIL was You can transfer, but you're going to lose a year of eligibility. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, you go into the transfer portal, you can go wherever you want, you make that money, there you go. Get the opportunity, get your name out there, become a bigger star, and help the team win.
0: And and we're also still in the era of guys having an extra year because of the COVID year, right? right? That should be phasing out, I believe, after this year. This will be... After next year. I mean, there'll yeah, still the, be some. You
1: after know, the 23-24 season. Yeah.
0: I mean, obviously, there's always that medical red shirt. You know, you end up with, like, some 25-year-old. I mean, there was a 25-year-old on Memphis this year. You know, mm-hmm. there's always...
1: Oh, listen, we're not talking about Perry Ellis' 95-year career. <laughs> the guy was there at the beginning, you know. Like, Jason Capono. Yeah. You know, Mitch Lightfoot. But
0: <laughs> it is... Uh, it is... Uh, it will be interesting. And, and again, at some point, at some point, you get to a tournament where you have 18 and 19 year olds still developing, going against 23, 24 year old men. Yeah. And a lot of times in that, even if they, even if the 18 and 19 year olds have better pro prospects, sometimes the fact that those guys have been there and have played in the system and know each other well, that, uh, that wins out. And uh, yeah, I mean, you even saw it with, I mean, Kentucky. Calipari's only cashed in that one chip or natty, as we like to say, yeah. in 2012. And that was when he had a top 75 NBA player and I mean, would turn out to be a top 75 player, but yeah. a transcendent college player, Anthony Davis, having one of the
1: great college defensive defensive season seasons yeah overall. Well and and then the question begs, you know, like we saw with George Mason in, in twenty eleven and like we saw with BCU, and like we saw, you know, you see with these smaller schools as they as they get the uh hit the hit the magic the magic area and go to the get to the final four as an unexpected team. What then? You know, George Mason goes to a final four where have they been in the last, you know, fifteen, twelve, thirteen years since then? They've made a couple tournaments. No noise. Florida Atlantic. This is the first time they've ever won a game in the NCAA tournament, let alone the four that they've already uh, the four that they've already put in the bank. Where do they go from here? Because yeah, you can have that one year of success and and get to you know, get to the big stage, but then you have to sustain it then you have to come back next year and go, listen, you know, is going to go out with Miami and, and show, look, I've taken two schools to their first ever Final Fours. Uh, the, the guy from Florida Atlantic, Buddy May, he's going to... Dusty. Dusty May, sorry. Well, he's, he's everybody's buddy now. Uh, you know, he's going to go out and, and go, get on the recruiting trail and Look, go, look, I took guys that no one would expect to get here and I took him to the Final Four, maybe to a national championship game. Uh, the San Diego State coach—that was an assistant for—Dutcher, for for 1000000000s of years behind Steve Fisher. He can now use this to his advantage. Look, I stayed forever. I built this. Pro- helped build this program. UConn—they've got their own, you know, name again as a should be possibly considered blue blood status. But now what are these what are these other gonna do?
0: So the interesting thing about a Florida Atlantic, if you look at it, the college as of right now, the only power conference job that is available will be Texas Tech. Unless there's some shocking firing at a power and not even power five, you know, because Gonzaga's not a power five, but that would be that would be a job that someone would be interested in at some point, but the, the only really uh, big conference job now available with as you told me earlier today, Mad Dog Madsen taking the Cal job um, and uh, uh, what was the other, oh, uh, Rhodes from VCU taking the uh, Penn State gig it's only Texas Tech so then is Dusty May, does he get one of those jobs or does he take the VCU job uh, though, it sounds like they're going after Utah State's coach who was the Baltimore UMBC team that beat uh, the coach of the team that beat the, for the first 16 seed to win Yep, I can say. But the uh, it'll just be interesting because it looks like he's going to be back unless he gets offered the Texas Tech job. Yeah, Or if Texas Tech coaches somebody from a power school and maybe he'll go there but I don't know. Anyway, it yeah, you wonder because if you're if you're a kid and you're looking at Florida Atlantic, I don't know if you want to go there, if you if you really like the coach because most likely they're not going to back-to-back final fours. Maybe they are, yeah. but most likely they're not. And so then whatever power jobs are open, you know, maybe a University of Washington Come
1: calling for a guy with no Northwest ties, like they did last coach yeah. with Hopkins. But yes. Well, and this is what the first time the, the conference USA has been in a been represented in the final. And, and the Mountain West, yeah. yeah. So it's it's been 15 years since since that's happened. And um, yeah, it's it's all. I don't know. It it feels like. If you're Florida Atlantic, I mean, uh, hell, I would have. I was shocked. Fairly Dickinson, their coach, what one two days after after winning two NCAA tournament games, including beating Purdue because they won in the first four, uh, he's gone. He's going to Iona. Oh, that morning
0: after they lost, it was already said he was going to Iona.
1: Yeah, and, and you look at that and you go, well, is this is this really a a step up? I now Iona's been to been to been to the tournament more than a few times. They've been one of those twelve five upsets, and you know they are also a good mid-major school, so maybe you go to some place if you really want to take that that jump. Um, I I don't follow Florida Atlantic athletics enough to know, you know, uh, wasn't Howard Schnellenberger part of it, he was the football coach. He he built
0: the football program. Yeah, Yeah. so
1: I remember him, uh, but I've never watched their basketball team until this tournament. Uh, You know, why not stay? And really believe Mike cool. Jarvis, the old St. John's
0: coach, was at Florida. Right. Huh. But well good for Mike. He's but to Dusty May last week went on Jim Rome and Dan Levitard's show and in one of the interviews he also did that this week as well. So he's he's putting his name out there. He's the new Darling. But he did uh he said last week on his interview with one of those shows that he made more in bonuses
1: getting to the sweet 16 yeah then he's made year. which is funny because you always wonder like do these schools put put these bonuses in oh yeah make a make a sweet 16 and earn this make a final four and earn this and then they get then, then this actually happens and like what are they sitting there doing like oh crap now we actually really do yeah we have this guy him. yeah <laughs> this this was never supposed to happen here guys um well, and you know, Florida Atlantic—they beat—they beat Kansas State, a big uh, Big Twelve school. So, if he wants to jump to Texas Tech, a team that was in a national championship game, what three—you know—it's funny to say it, three tournaments ago, but it was four years ago in that 2019 season, and and are consistently—I'll um, just as a as a Big Twelve uh, you know guy, I will say they are consistently annoying because you can never really tell if they're going to be good or bad but they're just going to they're just going to annoy you. Like they'll win games that they shouldn't and they will lose games that they should. But they're going to be one of those kind of middle of the pack Big 12 teams right now that maybe it's the right coach, maybe it's the right NIL transfer. Who knows that puts them back up in that top 4 as them pushing for a, you know, top 4 seed or, you know, 1 through 4 seed in the in the tournament again. And here's this guy that can then go, look, I built this program. Now let me bring this one back that's taken kind of a stumble. Yeah. And and you
0: wonder, too, does it penalize him staying at Florida Atlantic
1: another year? I think the only way it does is if, you know, he's coming back. If he comes back next year, he's coming back with all the expectations in the world. Yeah. You know, come back, win, win the conference again, this time actually win it. Because didn't they get, I think they got in, or was that Fairleigh Dickinson? That was Dickinson. Dickinson, okay. Yeah. I was thinking, like, one of these two is, is the one that they got in as a second-place team. That was Dickinson. Okay. Mer- Merrimack wasn't eligible. That's the one, okay. So, you know, come back in, win the conference. Basically, do what you did this year. And I would like to think that Florida Atlantic basketball fans are not going to be expecting a Final Four next year. Yeah. They're gonna expect the teams to be good next year. They're probably gonna expect a second weekend of the tournament showing, maybe yes. a, a seating that's you know, top top six, top five. Because yeah. because of their conference, they're gonna be a little bit hamstrung with trying to get that one through four the way Gonzaga keeps getting it with the with the West Coast Conference. You gotta win all those games. Yeah, you're playing the smaller schools that don't you know that don't help as much. Those are your, your quad three, quad two. You know, two through four wins. As we saw, the committee really valued those this year over quad ones. Nice job, Houston. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you get you get into that second weekend of the tournament, then it's a success. But if you go Final Four national championship game birth to crashing out the NIT, then it's the same argument you hear when, you know, you've got a, a, a junior. Getting ready—that's you're thinking about coming out, or should he stay for his senior year? Oh, you never know. And then he kind of thuds a little bit; it's his senior year, so he just blew his draft stock. He, you know, went the with the Jake Locker round. Oh, could have been the number one pick, stay yeah. for a senior year. Granted, he, oh man, he fell to the number ten pick. Yeah, horrible things that happen in life, but he was just never the same. Kevin, I just
0: have to stop you for two seconds. Magic Mountain to our right. Beautiful sight. That's a no. Oh, yeah, there it is, okay. Though only supposedly, like, seven of the 19 roller coasters are operating at it. Well, oh, and a Seahawks fan on the road that almost just ran to the side of our car. Go Hawks, pal. But yes, uh, yeah, well, the, the, the thing, the problem that Locker made is 2010 was the last, you know, uh, not uncapped draft year, but it was the last year where draft bonuses for players was ridiculous yeah. and then it went to a slotted system right. but your point remains he could have been probably would have been well he wouldn't have gotten before cam because the amazing year cam had right. but he would have been a top
1: five pick and he fell to I believe 11th yeah 10th 11th pick oh man what a what a horrible life this guy now leads but I mean it's it's the same thing with coaches you know do you jump while it's it's the, the old question do you strike while it's hot do try and do it another year, and then hope for the best. Uh, you know, it's... it's Well, I, I guess what I would say, short
0: of the bottom completely falling out for Florida Atlantic. I mean, as long as he has a winning season, even if he doesn't, I mean, it'd be, I guess, kind of a shame if he didn't make the tournament. UW's gonna get rid of Hopkins. I would want them to go after him, because he's proven he can take a Florida Atlantic to yep. the Final Four. So, if you're a school like UW, who you know uh, hasn't been past the Sweet Sixteen in seven years,
1: uh, so are you are you calling for for Dusty May to stay in to stay at Florida Atlantic this year or for next season? See how it shakes out, and then start throwing thro- start throwing the bag his way. I think so because I think
0: what will happen is, for some reason, these schools really want to really want to get going, right, with their coaches. I mean, even now, uh, Kennesaw State's coach, Abdur Rahim, he's getting the South Florida job. Now, South Florida would be a step up of Florida Atlantic. Yeah. Generally, same area. I know Tampa and Miami aren't, but you're probably recruiting the same area, right? Oh, there, yeah, you're
1: recruiting Florida. Florida, yeah, South Florida South.
0: specifically, right? Yeah. But, but he's getting cool. the job, and I'm just kind of like – What's the? Her, I mean, he's he got Kenneth State. He took over there four wins, so he's a heck of a coach too. But I just, you know, how is the guy? I mean, South Florida's not a not the biggest job, but that would have been a nice jump right. for a Dusty May. I mean, obviously you see an Andy Infield take Florida Gulf Coast and you know, as a 15 to the Sweet 16, and he gets the USC gig. You know, I mean, it's all different. You know, just depends on the year. But I would say for him, just wait. If they get bounced in the, if they don't make the tournament or if they get bounced early, boom. You know, you, yeah. you, the jobs, they're going to, the, the jobs will be there.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't imagine he was ever on any kind of a warm seat of Florida Atlantic. You know, it sounds just from no. from the stories that have that have been. He's know. had winning seasons every year. I think 20 wins. Yeah, all but one of them. So he's been successful, and the fans—the fans, the fans it seem like generally generally dig him, and uh, I'm sure we'll be sad if it went. Their three leaves. four thousand seat arena. So. Yeah. Yeah. You go from that. I mean, you look at the Texas Tech, tech job—that's job, fifteen thousand. Yeah. You know, just right there, and, and you're in. Now you're in Texas trying to recruit, and you know that whole thing that's there. So it, it's. I I agree. I would stay another year. You know, build keep building what you've got. But if you if you don't make that second weekend next year, then they fan then the fans may turn on you, you. May be seen as a fluke. Yeah. And and then it's best to get out before the bottom. You know, before before the bottom falls out. And also, we don't know these people, right? I mean,
0: that, that's the other thing. I mean, he might be wanting to go back to... Uh, he he's from. He went to Indiana. Granted, the Indiana job's not open right now. Yeah. Uh, but Woodson's an older coach. So, it could, I mean, they made the attorney, so, but maybe he wants a job in that big 10 footprint. I don't know what would be, all those coaches seem pretty safe, don't they? Yeah. I guess Juwan Howard, possibly, if he has another bad season, I mean, yeah. he, he, he took over, he, he had a good run with Beeline's lines players, uh, but ha- doesn't seem to have been. Doing too well without his own players, you know. Uh, Izzo's not leaving Michigan State, I don't think, anytime <laughs> soon. Izzo's going to either. I guess Ohio State could open. Maybe. Did they make the tourney this year. They missed it. They
1: missed it. They missed it. So, yeah. uh, women, I, women were uh, women were. That's right. Like the three seed yeah. made it made it to the elite eight. So, so yeah, you have that.
0: Um, you you have. Again, we don't know. It, it, we're, it depends where he wants to go. Maybe he's happy down there, you know. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe he knows something we don't. And Larinaga's gonna retire after this year, regardless, and he just slides into the Miami job. Who, who knows?
1: He'll be the king of South Florida either way.
0: Either way, yes. But yeah, very, uh, very exciting tournament. So then, with the final four,
1: uh, <laughs> no top three, no, no top three seeds. In the final four, I think that's like the first time ever that there's been no seeds one, two, or three represented in the in the final four, and there were no one seeds in the elite eight. Yeah, that was like first time ever. Right? Yeah. yeah. Or first time since the since the seeding changed, or since they did seed. Were it. there any two seeds in the elite eight? Uh, Texas. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right.
0: Um, so now that you only have a four team tournament with three <laughs> games to predict. Yep. What do you see as your final four? Or what do you see? What do you see as your final
1: four? Tell me. Uh, what do you see as your? Uh, who's your champ? And who are they beating? I think UConn beats San Diego State. Uh, you know, as much time as we just spent. Blowing all the smoke and sunshine and rainbows up, Dusty May. Uh, I think San Diego State is is just too good defensively. They, you know, Florida Atlantic. Don't they. I think they have the most wins in college basketball right now. Yeah, C thirty five. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, you see a team with thirty five wins. You're expecting, oh yeah, it's one of those number one seed blue blood, you know, types that are just wrecking people in their conference and just have a super team. Nay, nay. It is Florida Atlantic. But San Diego State is is gonna get it's gonna fall one step short of, of completing a uh really shocking turnaround in their in their uh program history. Not really they've been basically an afterthought uh in in college basketball, even in their own conference for so long and then right and then before COVID they really started turning things around. Um, yeah, I, I I think uconn's too strong just in general as we talked about, just absolutely whopping people left and right and and I think, uh, yeah, I think UConn has the path uh, to to add that fifth uh, that fifth trophy. Well, let me tell you, I am gonna
0: be gonna go. off. Um, I, I think because everybody is saying UConn, Miami will beat UConn. Yep. Uh, am I gonna say because nobody seems to think Florida Atlantic's gonna make the title? I we're gonna have an all Miami final <laughs> with the Canes cutting down the nets. I'm being very contrarian with this. I know. No, I like it. You know, you got to have the differing viewpoints.
1: If we just agree on everything, what are we doing
0: But I, yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, obviously, the having watched the tournament, that that's that's the main reason I'm going the other way. Yeah. Is because the the tournament has not has gone so far not chalk. Right. Everybody, not everybody, but you know. The conventional wisdom says, oh, my gosh, UConn just destroying teams. Oh, my gosh, San Diego State, they're long, they play great defense, blah, blah,
1: blah. It's going to be those two teams. I mean, I can see it, you know, I, I really... I'm going the other way, though. No, I like it. I, you know, I was as watching the Elite Eight games and um, watching uh, watching Florida Atlantic and K-State, you know... K-State got up like six or seven with a couple minutes left. I'm going, man, they're just throwing everything at the, at the basket, making the majority of them, and there's no way they lose this game. And then here comes Florida Atlantic, and it – shocks them, and then, and then K-State can't even get a, get a shot off with six seconds left, bringing it up court, so that was, that was something, but, I mean, I could see it going that way, it's just, I, I'm gonna stick the chalk route, uh, the, I guess, whatever is considered chalk at this point, I thought people were nuts for taking UConn as a four seed all the way to the final four when, when the brackets came out, but I think that's mainly because I'm a homer, and I would have said no, I think Kansas beats them before losing to Gonzaga or UCLA. Like, yeah um but now with the body of work of this tournament i mean obviously everybody's good in the in, in this at this round they've all won all four of their games in varying ways but yeah i, I think uh I think it's good we got completely different sides I love this well, that's good. Well, Kevin, we've spent close to 40 minutes,
0: well, we talked some wrestling and bad driving. Yeah. We spent about 35 minutes, close to 35 minutes. You so 40 well.
1: minutes talking about bad driving in California any day. Well, like that's weekend. true. Actually, it hasn't
0: been too bad. Let's not jinx it. I mean, well, uh, we're about to get on the
1: 405.
0: Uh, we're on the 5 We're about to get on the
1: 405.
0: Bro. We're not fed too bad. The five. The five. Sorry, bro. Uh, anyway uh, Let's go Tomorrow yep. Is Opening day for baseball Finally Finally here You Support We'll use your soccer language. You UI Kansas Polter. City Baseball Club Supporter
1: Yes uh, Royals um, We're going to be able to hit uh, Pitching is always going to be that question mark For this team uh, Zach Greinke is starting his 25th opening day. Uh, <laughs> not in a row. I don't. I don't think at least, because he was our opening day starter a few times. I think Gilmesh Mesh started opening day for us. Mariners right? legend Gilmesh. Mesh, right? Um, the pitching's always going to be a question mark for us. I think it's. It's actually. It's been really exciting last year. When, when management uh, finally decided, you know what, to heck with this, it's not working. They brought up everybody from, from Omaha. They brought up Pasquantino. They brought up Michael Massey. They, they kept Nicky Lopez up. Witt um, started on that. Yep, Bobby Witt, opening day starter. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to make our opening day roster. Oof. So that might not Former be. Former all-star. Yeah. That. World champ say that about a lot of guys in baseball for an all-star. He's not exactly the Tyler Huntley all-star. Um, so, it's at least he's a he's a proven commodity. But, I think really outside of, of that kind of confusing spot in, in the outfield, uh, it's going to be a good team there. I don't, you know, again, tempering expectations with comparing, you know, we're, we're not going to the World Series this year. Might contend for that eighth wild card spot, or however many there are now. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a good, a solid young club that I think is at least one, one maybe two years away from from contending again, and I think as long as fans are patient with them, they, you know, it's one of those, you hear it all the time, you got to trust the process, and I, and I think they finally found one that works, in bringing all these young guys up and letting them loose. Well, that'll be exciting.
0: An interesting division, uh, with everybody thinking it's gonna be what? The White Sox and the uh
1: and the Guardians. Guardians. Yeah. It's 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 a weirdly wide open division and that's because it's more of a race to see who stays out of out of the bottom. You know, Minnesota has has kind of stumbled in the last couple of years. Uh, Detroit is there and and another one of those teams that, you know, they'll take a they'll they'll have a five or six game winning streak and then they'll lose ten in the round. So you can't really figure them out, uh, but you know, I, I, think a, I think a third place finish in this division, I know it's, hey yeah, let's celebrate mediocrity, but considering what we're coming back from after the World Series and after the big purge of, of all of those players leaving, um, I think Salvi Perez is literally the only guy left from the World Series teams. And and even he's getting up there where it's you know I don't want to see Salvador Perez catching every day. Yeah, uh, M J Melendez is not a utility catcher every everything else player. <laughs> he <And> is <laughs> he is a fantastic athlete for sure, but his natural position is catcher. I want to see Melendez catching more. I want to see Vinny P at first base on an everyday basis. I have no idea what we do with Hunter Dozier at this time, he's just gonna be, he's gonna be the utility guy that nobody understands his role, uh, but, but you know, Perez as a, as a DH and occasional fill in first baseman, and, you know, swap him and Benny every once in a while, give give each of them a day off the field. I just, uh, I think third place, you know, even, even, even under 500, you finish third in that division, you're showing that you're making steps, and that's yep. that's what I want to see out of out of this Royals team this year. Well, very exciting. we our uh, we don't have the same aspirations. I think uh, I think your your Mariners may have uh, some loftier goals.
0: Yeah, I uh, yeah. I I you know I don't know if it's the loftiest of lofty goals because I am the uh, I am a Mariners fan, but I also. Get very upset with the Mariners from time <laughs> to time, but that's being a fan, right? Of course. I joke that uh, I hate the Mariners more than I love them, but uh, no, uh, yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of uh, exciting things on the future of the team, but also uh, they had the opportunity to spend some money on free agency. Now, Mariners fans will tell you uh, the 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 kind that I don't get along with. The most we'll right. tell you are
1: these the overly positive ones? Yeah. Well, look. I mean,
0: we we signed Castillo to an extension and we signed Julio to an extension, which absolutely, yeah, absolutely, that's very true. We the the, the Mariners have Julio for you know hopefully the next decade plus. You know, there's some outs in there. Right. They also have Castillo a uh, little uh, little easy out if he's got some uh, elbow issues, no one Really. Right. Talks about. But uh yeah, they were like better than getting him in free agency, which it's very true. The other problem is they gave up two very good hitting prospects to get him. Yeah. Uh, so Novelli Marte and uh, Edwin Edmund Arroyo. So it's not like you know, I I bless their heart as they say in the South. Uh <laughs> Uh, I believe that's a big uh, blank-blank to people, but uh, bless their hearts. But you're still giving up. You you know, it's not like this Castillo contract. I mean, I love the Castillo contract. It, It actually is a good deal in that terms, but it's not like they're getting away unscathed. They're leaving J.P. Crawford at shortstop when there was a crop of shortstops. Now everybody will say, hey, you know, I mean, come on, man. We don't know if any of the shortstops would come here. Well, you know, they threw a ton of money at Robinson Cano when he came here, and that's right. something you have to do with Seattle. It's furthest away, South Alaska, as you know. Lived in the area, uh,
1: but with Cano, you were throwing a you were throwing the bag at him, going, "Hey, look, we're not a very good team, but you can be that piece that turns it around." Yes. Now you're looking at it from the other side of the of the coin, going, "Hey, look, we just made the playoffs. Yeah. We are a good, we are a really good young team on the rise." Come join us and be part of this. We have one of the most, if not the most, exciting young player in baseball. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and and we're building this. We finally we finally gotten over the hump. You know, twenty twenty one, they finished last the final weekend of the year, just out of the wild card last year. They finally made it over and won a playoff series. So now that's more you can sell to them. And so you know, anyone trying to go, oh, you can't, you know, can't recruit players to come to Seattle. That that's a that's a cop out to me especially when you know that you're good and you know that you have the players to be, to continue and sustain excellence, you know, building towards excellence.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, it's, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's, it's going to be, like I said, uh, yeah, they have that. I wish they, like, I, I think we're on the same page here. It would have been nice to see them go after a Turner, go after a... Uh, but that's not how this front office... True. The two bats... I mean, they threw a bunch of money at Robbie Ray, former Cy Young. But the two bats that they threw money at the most are Nori Aoki, like five years ago, <laughs> and then this year, AJ Pollock. Those are the two that they've spent the most money at.
1: So unless the Royals threw money at Nori Aoki. And yeah. Then, and, and Nori Aoki's biggest, uh, I think his biggest contribution to the Royals is being a gift where he's sliding to try and catch a ball in fair territory, and he catches the ball, but not in his glove. Well, yeah. It's, so good, good. There's, there's that. Good job by you, buddy. <laughs> uh,
0: but, yeah, it's a... Um, Yes, the lofty goals. Now, do I think they're going to win the World Series? Uh, not to be negative. No, I do not. I still think they're light years away from the Astros just in terms of offense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you have Julio. They traded for Teoscar Hernandez, who is a very good bat. But I always get scared when they bring in yeah. bats. Uh Je- the Jeff Cirillo, the Sean Figgins, you know, they bring these guys. Oh yeah, they'll be fine. And then they, they just Munich. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he at least came through the system. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. they. But then you he, brought him back. they brought him back. Yes. <laughs> uh, but then you know, there's uh, Cal Raleigh. You know, you're, you're hopeful. Hopeful for him. Ty France was banged up. He, he's he's a good hitter, but you know. Gino Suarez had a great year last year, arguably his greatest year in the big leagues. Don't think he's going to repeat that, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It was just such a good year, you know. And so then he got question marks at the, you know, uh, left field, you know, and that Kelnick is... Everybody's oh, he's having a great spring. Well, he's had good springs before, and you know you want to believe because right. we're fans of teams, right? So That's you right. say, "Oh yeah, I want the player to do well." But yeah, it'll be uh, yeah, it'll be uh, the pitching staff was great, but the, the, and now I'm just throwing out all my concerns, right? That's um, what you do.
1: That's what you do on opening day. You have the optimism. Yes. You have the underlying like, well, what if? But when the when that first pitch is thrown. Right up there going, hell yeah, this is everything's gonna be awesome. We're going 162 and out. got this, but yeah, so then, <laughs> yeah, yes, which I agree with you. Uh, starting pitchers last year didn't miss
0: a start due to injury,
1: yeah.
0: So you've got, yeah, you've got, uh, wasn't like I believe it was the 2002 or 2003 Mariners where they didn't, none of the starters skipped a start, so they went with the five. Like they only went with five starters all year. Yeah. Last year, a couple guys started, you know, right. because of it's a new, a new game. Rest days, right? But they uh, uh, this year, you've got Robbie Ray who gave up that massive shot to Jordan Alon, to Jordan Alvarez. I was to call him. Jordan. Alvarez in the playoff game that lost game uh, one of that playoff series for the Mariners uh he also hit one in game two but let's not talk about uh things is his
1: confidence going to be fine because he didn't pitch that was going to be that was going to be my question is he going to be like how Brad Lidge was for a few years after he gave up that moonshot to uh to Pujols in the NLCS yeah and then he was just he was nothing for a few years until that redemption story in 08 with uh with the Phillies but do you see something like that happening with Robbie Ray? Because, like you said, he didn't pitch again that whole series. Supposedly, great spring. Yeah, but who knows? Like I said, spring,
0: it's spring. Castillo, I'm concerned. You know, like I said, he's had a history of uh, I don't care if it's elbow. I believe it's elbow problems, and they have that in the contract. Uh, Gilbert and Kirby, both young dudes. You know, I mean, combined. Uh, neither one of them. I mean, Kirby hasn't spent a full year in the big leagues. Last year was Gilbert's first full big year. Big year in the big leagues. First full year in the big leagues. Uh, you know, you're trotting out Marco Gonzalez as your fifth starter. Uh, kind of would have liked to see him do a six-man rotation to start with Flexen, because been rumors they're going to trade Flexen. Both Marco and Flexen left off the playoff roster, so it'd uh, be a little point of contention for me if I were those guys. But what would be nice to see both of those guys is it lets you... Because you're probably going to be a little bit of an innings count on Kirby. Gilbert, like I said, only one full big league year. Robbie raised confidence. Da, 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 and, and, and Castillo, you know, injury troubles in the past. So if you go with that, right? You go with a six man. Boom. If you need to flip, Flexen, He's already stretched out as a starter. He's got some stuff. Same with Marco, if you need to flip him. I just like that idea. Also, when postseason comes... Mariners should be in postseason contention Yes, Kirby can go 6 or 7 in a playoff game as opposed to being like well we really shouldn't be starting (laughs) Uh, so yeah there's that one and then uh, uh, the bullpen always bullpens are very volatile Mariners have done really well in one run games the last two years year to year it's not very sustainable so that's that's kind of where I'm at,
1: Kevin. Well, they did great in one run games until the, the last game. That was a one run game. But I mean 18 innings, you the, the 18, longest. Yeah, you lose you lose the ability to predict anything. But that was again the offense though. The offense, yeah. they didn't
0: score any runs and they brought in Tay Oscar for Mitch Haniger.
1: Yeah.
0: Great. Uh I was not much of a Haniger. I, I mean, I liked Hanniger, but he was always injured and shocker. Right. He's starting off injured with the San Francisco Giants. But, you know, the, it just would have been nice to see him go after another bat. Or even, like, a you guy know, like Josh Bell. I think he got, like, two years, $20 million from the Guardians. You have another bat that you can put at DH. You can rotate with France, let France play DH. You know, it's just... Yeah
1: You know, I you have open spots that you could put him in yes. and he was affordable. Yes. It's not yes. like he was breaking the bank for, for a utility guy, a fill in guy. And, and nowadays, you know, you see a two, two for 20, that's 10 million a year. That's really, it feels more average than he, than he used to be, which is just crazy in itself. But, yes. Um, yes. yeah, I, I, I could have seen it. That would have been a move that I, I would agree that members should have made. Yeah. That's,
0: that's the thing. You know, you look at it. So, you're asking me what do I think of the season? A lofty expectations. Well, I think it, the, the nice the next step would be to see him in the championship series. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, the playoff drought is done. We all celebrate. We're all excited. Yeah. But uh, now it's on to know moving forward obviously yeah world series but it's not world series or plus i don't think they have the offense like again they went they kept jp crawford because he's a team leader and he just signed a five-year 50 million dollar extension and they did not want to move i would have loved to have seen him as kind of a super utility guy giving days off to the shortstop or second baseman you know gives you all these things they don't really want to do that per se but you know the guy did not hit well from May until the end of the year, he then spreads again. The a home run. Game two against the, uh, <laughs> against the uh, Astros. But, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's a, uh, yeah, um, we, we, we shall see. But, yeah, get to the championship series. If you can beat the Astros to get there, well, maybe that. I, I just, it's then it blows the, the whole thing
1: open again. Yeah,
0: then it opens yeah. up the whole thing. So, you know, I'd like to see the Astros again. A lot of Mariner fans will tell you, though, and, and maybe myself included, mm. we played them better than we played them better than anybody else yeah. when it came to the playoffs. I mean, granted, the Mariners got swept, so you say huh? But I mean,
1: in all three of those games,
0: yeah, you were oh, in, yeah, in, all, all were of them, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now a lot of people said, "Oh, we should have won this game. No, 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 no. Let's not let's not go there, Mariner fans. But yeah, who? Service pulls the bonehead decision, and I don't know if that was DePoto telling him to bring Ray in there. Don't know why you're bringing a guy who never has relief against a guy who just, I mean, he was outside and he just still, you know. And then the playoff game, I mean, it's hard to get mad at anybody about the playoff game. I mean, it was, get mad at the offense, but I mean, it it just looked like. In the second half of that, game, the second nine innings of the game. Also, most sober I've ever seen a ballpark after a game because <laughs> beer was cut off after the seventh, after the seventh inning. Seventh, yeah, 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 and so everybody was just like, uh, I was with a couple of guys who uh, like to partake in the uh, mm-hmm. the the spirits, the spirits. But uh, yeah, but you know, like,
1: do they keep the concession stands open that long? Like, do they, I mean, you know, obviously no beer, but are you still yeah. able to get food? Yeah, you're able that, to get food. Yeah, you know and, and and I don't know. That's a great question,
0: I I, you know obviously we weren't walking around right, right. You
1: to your seat. Yeah, no one's moving after
0: I them. believe they're open. I mean, I've been in extra any games that they've been open, but like, yeah, you wonder like, are the the charity ones like you know because a lot. I mean, you've, you've worked at a ballpark, I have to tell yeah. you, but you know a lot of, a lot of volunteer hours go into oh yeah to making those works. So I wonder if they're just like, eh. but you know like the the other ones. But yeah, we'll we'll see. Hopefully uh hopefully a home home series. Uh again, obviously <laughs> to have more home games they would have to jump ahead of the Astros or have the Astros get knocked out. But yes, a lot of optimism. I was gonna say optimum but uh
1: optimum optimism. Optimum
0: optimism. But yeah, Kevin, uh you know, uh we are uh we are getting close. We're, we're less than 10 miles from our exit. Yeah. As, as we speak this,
1: we, uh, you know. Which in, which in L.A. means you're probably about 40, 45 minutes from Four. from the exit. Hey, it's 10 miles. That'll be uh, the rest of the afternoon.
0: That's true. I think it is because I remember looking. I was like, well, we're making <laughs> good time. And then it's like, nope, nope. Here we are screech, screeched, screeched, screeched to a snail's pace. But, Kevin, I want to thank you for joining me on the, uh, what is this, the second ever CarCast. Good
1: luck. Well, second one with me.
0: Second one with you, that's right. I did one with James, with James
1: Postal. Yep. That's right, that's right. Who also,
0: James Postal, I have to say, sent in a message that he somehow acquired from Dickie V, unable to play it right now. But, <laughs> but yes, Kevin, thank you very much. And I want to say I really wish good luck to your baseball team. Thank you. It's always good to be here. But not... Your basketball, not your final four predictions. Thanks again to Kevin Mendelson. I hope he is wrong on his predictions. I think I say that about every guest. It's not that I don't hate my guests, it's just uh, I think they're wrong compared to my thoughts. It's very egotistical of me. I will work on it. I will be better tomorrow happy opening day to all who celebrate let's go mariners let's make the playoffs again maybe an alcs championship obviously we want the world series as you can tell from mine and kevin's conversation don't think they're quite there yet you know what i'm gonna drop a wee don't think we're quite there yet i'm tim kelly and this has been courts and fields